Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as CCB. And if you'd like to find out more about CCB or if you have any uh, questions to ask, all you have to do is write to or send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, we're going to be doing some digging back into the archives again. A couple of years ago, actually three years ago, Simon Trevor Annis, who was my co-host at the time, and I did an interview with Shelley Green, who is a volunteer with the uh, Kidney Foundation of Canada. And uh, she was local, so uh, it was nice to have a, a chat with her about kidney health, because March is Kidney Health Awareness Month. So I thought we'd uh, start with that interview. So let me ask you a, a rhetorical question, folks. How often um, do you think about the health of your kidneys? Whoa. Interesting thought. Yeah. But we need to. And there are a lot of people who have difficulty with kidney disease and here to talk with us about uh, Kidney Health Month, which is March, is Shelley Green. Hi, Shelley. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. How, how do you know whether you have got, uh, that you have problems with uh, with your kidneys and how how common is this? Um, I think it's very common, um, and I think people have different symptoms, for sure, um, and there's a lot of information on the Kidney Foundation website. Um, a lot of people um, have blood work taken, which, um, which will test your creatine level, um, and the creatine is the function of your kidney. And if it's um, showing high, um, then the doctor would obviously do some more tests and check um, check your kidneys and check all kinds of things about you to see what's going on. Um, that's one of the first things that would happen um, if you weren't feeling well and that showed up in your blood work. You might be feeling a bit sluggish and, and stuff like that, would you, do you think? Definitely tiredness and... Um, a decrease in in urination and because your kidneys work all that mm -hmm. right yeah. um, and uh, tiredness and just a, a feeling of not well for sure. It, it's incredible what the kidney does. It's only about the size of a fist, isn't it? Yes, but we're born mm -hmm. with two of them. Yes, yeah. yes, thank goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, do you think it makes sense to do a bit of a, this is what a kidney is and this is what a kidney does? Maybe somebody doesn't know. Yeah. Can you can you give us some idea of, of what the kidney does? Um, so the kidney um, 
helps reduce or eliminates the waste in your body. Um, and I don't have all the technical terms. <laughs> I'm not a nurse. I'm not. Um, I actually don't have kidney disease myself. My husband um, grew up with kidney disease and he um, has had two transplants in his life, um, kidney transplants. And, um, and so he's certainly gone through uh, a lot of medical challenges that way. And um, definitely um, they... Yeah, they work to eliminate the waste in your body. Cool. And when someone has had a a transplant, um, they have to take medication for the rest of their life, don't they, too? Yes. It's it's an anti-rejection medication um, that they take, and it is usually for the rest of your life. um, You're closely followed by uh, the doctors, and, and they're checking your blood work on a regular basis and they're making sure that uh, that if any medications need to change in their dosage to give you the optimal health that uh, that they're doing that for sure does someone with kidney disease have to be on a particular diet uh, when when you are experiencing kidney failure and kidney disease um, the diet um, is definitely helpful, uh, reducing the sodium uh, in your intake and um, and potassium and other things will help um, you to feel better and help prolong the life of the kidney that may be failing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you when your kidney's at a stage where it's not functioning anymore and you need to go on dialysis or um, that type of treatment, they definitely have some very specific food restrictions and fluid restrictions that you need to follow. Hmm. I had a friend that um, experienced kidney failure as a complication of the cancer that she didn't know she had. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, all of a sudden she just wasn't able to um, fend for herself anymore. She had some uh, ongoing physical difficulties, but it was definitely getting worse. And um, finally, a friend of hers, well, the superintendent of uh, the building that we lived in in Collingwood took her to emerge and uh, said to them, she's not coming back until you figure this out. And she never did get back home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So you need your kidneys. At least one of them. At least one. Yes. People can live with with just one kidney. Um, My husband's brother donated a kidney in order for my husband to get a kidney, and they're both doing really, really well. Wow, that's a big that's a big gift. It was. It yeah, it was yeah, it was a real blessing for sure. You owe me one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and uh these are happening, these living donations are happening more and more, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They definitely are. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we need. You know, if uh if circumstances arise, you know, that's uh uh, definitely a, a, a great alternative if it can be arranged. If you have a family member or a friend who's willing to go through the testing and see if they're a match with you, um, then it's a huge blessing. And people can live, you know, with just one kidney for the rest of their lives with very with no complications or sometimes very minimal 
um, life changes and um, not even really missing that kidney that's that's been donated. Um, in my husband's case, um, he wasn't a direct match to his brother anymore because of his previous um, transplant, and so they went into the paired exchange program, which meant um, my husband's brother gave his kidney to someone else, actually someone in Edmonton, um, and their donor gave to someone else, and then that person's donor gave to my husband. So it was a, a three-couple chain. Um, chairs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And uh, so the paired program is a great uh, program if, if you have someone willing to donate, but they are not a direct match to you, um, then it's a great program to be able to um, still have that person donate a kidney in your name. We're talking pretty casually about something that's pretty serious, like taking an organ out of somebody's body and putting it in your own body is it's pretty that's a pretty severe surgery, right? Like this is this is somewhat of a new thing. I don't know how new it is. Um, definitely it's it's happening more than it used to and it's more talked about for mm-hmm. sure um, than it used to. And it is major surgery mm-hmm. um, for sure. And yeah, for my brother-in-law, he had to go to Edmonton. Yeah. They always take um, the person who's donating, so because they're currently healthy, mm-hmm. um, to the person who needs the kidney, um, is my understanding. And so he had to fly to Edmonton and, and be there a couple days before the surgery and have um, had the surgery, then stayed a couple days after and had to be cleared to fly home. Um, so it's uh, it's quite a... Quite an ordeal for sure. Wow, yeah. And is that uh, sort of thing what funds that are raised through the Kidney Foundation look after, or how does that work? Um, The Kidney Foundation has definitely um, different places where funds would would be directed. Um, There is a program um, called Reload, which is a program that living kidney donors can uh, apply to in order to get some of their expenses reimbursed. Um, And that's, um, I believe, through um, the Ontario government and not necessarily through the Kidney Foundation. Mm -hmm. The Kidney Foundation does have um, some financial resources that are available to people um, as kind of a last resort um, that they can apply for for um, medication or equipment that they need in their home for dialysis or um, transportation, that kind of thing. Now, there are two types of dialysis, aren't there? Um, at least two, mm-hmm. yes. Yep, there's um, peritoneal dialysis um, and there's hemodialysis. Um, there's also, like, there's different levels of hemodialysis. There's hemodialysis that you can do at home and hemodialysis that happens at the hospital. Um, so, But the two types are peritoneal dialysis and hemodialysis, yes. I had a friend that uh, used to need to do um, peritoneal dialysis, and they actually make a, 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 an entry into the abdominal cavity mm-hmm. um, and, and, and put the... Um, Catheter. Yes. Permanent catheter in the abdomen. I've got the website open. In the per- okay. Yeah. In yeah. the peritoneal cavity. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> my husband, my husband uh, did that dialysis for several months mm-hmm. um, at home. Yes. Yeah. And, and, then, and they have to be careful not to allow um, 
like to try to keep it as clean as possible when when the um, material when the, the liquid the fluid is is being uh, transferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, they might uh, get uh, peritonitis, which is a horrible systemic type of inflammation and uh, infection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it is quite a. Uh, you try to make it as a sterile environment as you can. Um, I know when my husband did it, he always tried to do it in the same room with the door shut, and you have to wear masks and and that kind of thing to avoid. Our cat wasn't allowed in the room <laughs> while he was uh, doing his exchanges, and mm-hmm. it is quite a process that uh, you get training for from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the nurses had us come into the hospital several times uh, to be trained on how to perform the the dialysis and um, then they actually came to the home even a couple times to watch us to make sure we knew what we were doing and Mm -hmm. what he was doing and um, yeah it was it's quite a process for sure Um, now we're talking a few minutes ago about the kidney foundation Um, you have the what is it called the kidney for Cars for kidneys or kidneys for car? I guess it's ki- cars for kidneys. Yep, the right? kidney car program. Kidney car. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? So, um, yeah. So there's a there's a ton of information on the Kidney Foundation website, which is just www.kidney.ca. And um, and one of the programs that they have is the kidney car program. And basically, if you have a car that you no longer want or need, um, you can call the Kidney Foundation and uh, and make arrangements for them to come and pick it up, and they will give you a tax donation for um, the car. They Someone, I think, appraises the car to understand the value um, of what that tax donation needs to be, and they'll take it away for you. Yeah, that's super. Yeah. For, that's for really... resale or for scrap, right? It depends on the car, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I bet you lots of wreckers uh, use that sort of thing. <laughs> I hope so. Yes. Yeah. 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 What, what else, uh, what other programs does the Kidney Foundation uh, do? So they have, um, they have the Kidney Clothes Program, which is um, a program where they'll take gently used clothing, footwear, and textiles, um, and, uh, and again, reuse those to, uh, to um, have money coming in to the foundation. Um, there's a 1-800 number that you can call if you have something to donate, um, to them. And, um, they have their March drive canvassing. So, you know, you may have someone come to your door and ask you to support the kidney foundation. And, uh, and that usually always happens in March. Um, there's also a peer support program. So if you're experiencing kidney disease or have someone close to you that is, um, you can connect uh, through the Kidney Connect program. Um, and it's, again, there's a website called, uh, or on kidneyconnect.ca. Um, and so there, it's a place where you can talk to someone with similar experiences as you or ask questions or get advice. They won't give medical advice, um, but they will. They're usually someone who's been in the same situation that you are. Mm -hmm. Do you have any statistics on how common kidney disease is? I don't have that in front of me, no. Um, 
I think it's more common than we than we hear about. Yeah. Um, but I, but I don't have the statistics in front of me. Yeah. Okay. And are there any events happening in the Peterborough area during during March um, aside from the uh, the uh, canvassing that's happening? Um, March. <coughs> March, that's okay. March 7th was World Kidney Day, and um, I know a friend of mine was at the hospital that day, and uh, she was promoting um, organ donation and uh, and kidney month um, at the hospital, but that's in the past. Um, and then there's the March Drive Canvassy. I'm not <coughs> aware of any other events this month, but I do know um, every year in September they hold the annual Kidney Walk, um, and so it's almost always held at Nichols Oval here in Peterborough. Um, the date this year has not been confirmed yet, but it's always in September. Um, and it's a great time for people to get together. And we just walk down the Rotary Trail for five kilometers, uh, two and a half there and two and a half back okay. to Nichols Oval. And uh, that's another way that the Kidney Foundation raises some money towards their programs as well. That's super. <clears throat> Pardon me. Survive. <laughs> yes. Um, and there was another question and uh, uh, that I wanted to uh, ask you, and it seems to have um, escaped me, but it, it had something, to, some connection with what you were uh, um, saying there. Um, You're choking on it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, with regard to, oh, I know, it was about <laughs> organ donation. Mm-hmm. That was what it was about. So, uh, I'm sure that you're, you folks are real proponents of people donating, uh, thinking about and talking about donating organs. We think it's a great idea. Why yeah. take your organs to heaven with you? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I know somebody, actually, that has a... Um, a thing at the end of her email. Uh, every time you get an email, um, uh, something about don't take your organs to heaven. Heaven knows, uh, only knows we need them here. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, people can donate um, or can register uh, to donate their their organs, um, and uh, and it can benefit multiple people. Um, you can donate, you know, several organs, your eyes, your skin. Um, it's, uh, yes, you don't need them anymore at that point. No, no. <laughs> so, and it's always, uh, there's a thing, I guess, on the back of your driver's license. Is yes. there that you can sign? When you're, when you're updating your driver's license, I think it's something that gets embedded into the, into the card. Yes. Oh, yeah. Your consent. Okay. I have a couple statistics. Oh, good. So nearly 75% of the over 4,400 Canadians on the waiting list for an organ transplant are waiting for a kidney. So most of the people who are looking for an organ are, are looking for a kidney. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's 24,114 people on dialysis, and only 14% of them are waiting for a transplant. Wow. Interesting. Some of them wouldn't be eligible for a transplant, really, based on 
if if their body was going to reject it um, mm-hmm. or if they're too sick or that kind of thing. There's there's other there's criteria you need to meet in order to be eligible for the transplant. Well, I imagine it takes a toll on your body. It does, yeah. yeah. And the and the lifelong medications and mm-hmm. just yeah. Interesting thing as well. One in ten Canadians has kidney disease, and wow. millions more are at risk. That's kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And ten. So you know ten people. It's a high number. Yeah. It's a high number. It's kind of surprising. And then each day, an average of 15 people are told that their kidneys have failed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Two leading causes of kidney failure, diabetes mm-hmm. at 36%, and renal vascular disease, including high blood pressure, which is 15%. So those two things, largely genetic or habits? Question mark. Well, I think I think diabetes is usually genetic, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the high blood pressure is something that we can usually control if we are good with our diet and um, sodium intake and exercise and all that kind of thing, right? Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. Many of our guests are talking about you know things that are that are challenges and exercise and a good diet are often a a preventative way to to, uh, to avoid those things. Mm-hmm. Two uh, extra reasons to look after yourself mm-hmm. and take care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kidney disease is the tenth leading cause of death in Canada. Wow. Mm. Scary Gee, stuff. Yeah. And then apparently there's no cure for kidney disease. No, dialysis will help prolong your life and and. It does the work of the kidney when your kidney stops functioning. Um, But again, um, it's not a cure, and you may progressively get worse if if you don't get the transplant. So uh, the uh, uh, amount of time that you would spend in dialysis is uh, directly uh, proportional to the, the... uh, health or non-health of, of your kidneys then, right? They they definitely um, assess each person and kind of set them on um, on a prescription or on a time limit. I know when my husband was on hemodialysis at the hospital, he was set for four hours, three times a week. Um, there were other people around him who were only there for maybe two and a half hours or... Um, or three hours. And there was other people around him who were going more than three times a week. Oh, wow. Um, the peritoneal dialysis um, that you typically would do at home is an everyday thing. You ha- He was doing it three times a day. Um, and, uh, and so it's something that you do every day. And the amount of um, fluid that you're using and the time frame between um, having the fluid exchanges going in and going out um, would again be dependent on the health of your kidney or non-health of your kidney. Yeah. You'd really have to, if, if you were on dialysis, you'd really, either kind, you'd really have to organize your uh, your routine, your daily routine. Uh, well, I can do this when I'm on dialysis, but I can't do that, so I won't do that on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll plan that for another time during the week. You'd really have to uh, plan your life, wouldn't you? 
it definitely affects your life. Um, thankfully, my husband um, had a very understanding and accommodating employer, and um, and so he would, uh, when he was on the home dialysis, he was able to take um, a break and go home and you know complete his dialysis, then go back to work for a few hours, and then he'd end up leaving early in the day. Um, and uh, to do the next round of dialysis. Um, so he lost some time, but working was really important to him, so he continued working. There's a lot of people who are on dialysis who um, the fatigue and tiredness just takes over and they can't work anymore at that time. They're, um, they're not able to um, take care of themselves doing dialysis as well as going to work every day or every so many days. Um, and uh, so it depends on the person and their health. And and uh, my husband was happy that he was still able to go to work. And uh, and the employer was great at um, giving him the time that he needed away. Um, when he was on uh, the hemodialysis at the hospital, he just needed to uh, reduce his hours a little bit uh, to accommodate. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great that there's some flexibility there. With his employer, there was. I'm sure yes. not every employer is able to do that, or um, or it might affect the the work too much. But uh, his employer was able to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, a very costly and disruptive process, I guess. Can be. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, if people want to learn more about uh, kidney disease or the work of the Kidney Foundation, uh, Shelley, how can they go about doing that? Um, well, like I said, the Kidney Foundation um, has a website, and it's uh, www.kidney.ca. Um, it's got some great information on there. It's got pamphlets you can download. Um, there's tax tips in there. Um, there's different um, different screens you can go to. To there's the tax tips screen um, gives information on how to claim medical expenses on your taxes um, or give some information on the disability tax credit and also links to the Canada Revenue Agency um, sites. Uh, then there's the peer support through the kidneyconnect.ca, um, and, uh, and there's all kinds of links there that, um, that people could get more information on how to care for their kidneys um, and what to do if they um, if their kidneys are failing and uh, that kind of thing. Terrific. That seems to be a great resource. Yeah. Lots, lots of great stuff on there. There's a lot of information on there for sure. Well, Shelley, good luck with your uh, fundraising uh, events and uh, awareness raising. Glad you're able to come in and have a chat with us. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found yourself in need of an assistive device? All of a sudden, very quickly. Well, that does happen to people. Uh, Think of uh, Tiger Woods, who was just involved in that motor motor vehicle accident. And now he will need some assistance to get around and that sort of thing. Don't think he'll be golfing in the next uh, few weeks. Anyway, when that happens to anyone here in Peterborough, one person that they can go to is Ray Ostapovich from the Peterborough Lions Club. And the Peterborough Lions Club are the folks that meet in the Lions Center, at the Lions Center. 
those of us who are in the East Peterborough Lions Club meet in the Canoe Museum. Anyway, Ray Ostapovich will uh, tell you about the collection of wheelchairs, walkers, canes, crutches, that sort of thing that he has in his uh, garage. And uh, we first, uh, Simon and I first did this interview once again back in March of 2018. But the information that he has to give us is as useful today as it was back then. A few weeks ago, Debbie Harriet um, from the Canadian Council of the Blind was here to talk to us about From the Blind for the Blind, which was an, an, is an equipment-sharing uh, project, and we kind of got the idea from a fellow named Ray Ostapovich, who is with the Peterborough Alliance Club. Hi there, Ray. How are you? Not too bad, yourself. I am good. I'd also like to say uh, right at the beginning that uh, Ray has been with the Lions for a very long time, and you just celebrated your 50th uh, year, haven't you? That's right, yeah. 50 years as a lion? 50 years, yeah. That's a long time. Congratulations. Thank you. You have, uh, the Peterborough Lions Club has a an equipment-sharing uh, project as well, Ray. Can you give us a little bit of a history on that? Uh, yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, actually, this all started by accident. At one time, we used to have the odd wheelchair and a walker at uh, the Lion Center, and uh, apparently uh, nobody really kept track of it. So anyway, the person who was supposed to be in charge of it, uh, he got a phone call for a wheelchair, and he went down to the center, and there was none there. So he accused of somebody stealing it. So oh. <laughs> anyway, what happened, uh, he just kept on hounding about it, and they figured, well, we haven't got room to store it anymore. Well, that's not really true, but in other words, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. So anyway, there was nothing done for a few years, and then all of a sudden I got a phone call from my next-door neighbor, and uh, she turned around and said, well, We've got a family member that passed away from out of town, and they've got a power lift chair. It's like a lazy boy that stands oh, yeah. you up. Yep. Got one of those and a walker and a wheelchair. And just wondering whether you guys can use it. And I kind of hesitated. And I said, sure. So anyway, she said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, we've got campgrounds, and we're away all summer. We won't be back till the end of October. So um, we'll put it in the house. And you've got the key to the house and uh, the security code. And we'll put it in the garage and you just help yourself. Wow. And as it happened, I got a phone call from a close fam uh, friend of my family. She needed one for her uh, mother, for one of these chairs. And I said, I'll tell you what, but on the way down to my place, do you mind dropping into uh, a lottery center and get a lottery ticket? Because you just lucked out. So anyway, she come and picked it up, and this was the start of the whole whole thing. So anyway, as it happens right now, people have been donating equipment, and we loan it out free of charge. We don't charge a cent for it, and they have it for the rest of their life as long as they need it. And uh, it's uh, I've got approximately 700 pieces of equipment out there in 
out in the field type of thing. We wow. got about a hundred pieces at, at my home and at the Lions Center, so it's uh, it's gotten to be a real big thing, you know. And uh, if you wanted some of the examples of what we got there, like commodes, we got twenty two. This is this is going back in September, and uh, so I've got an awful lot more now. And twenty two canes and two exercise peddlers. 11 tub clamps, uh, 25 power chairs and or scooters, uh, 111 wheelchairs. Wow. What? 111 wheelchairs. So your garage is full. No, no, this is out there. Out there, okay. Okay. 120 walkers, uh, three crutches, and uh, three shoehorns, 75 hospital beds, transfer poles, power lift chairs, bed rails, and horror lifts. And etc. Wow! And two reading machines for visually impaired, and also a phone. I was shocked when I had that. Really? Visit. And a person was coming to get a wheelchair at that time, and uh, these other people brought this equipment with them. And he says, "Where do you want this?" The guy was helping me do it. And he said, "Well, what is it?" So the person said, "What it was?" He said, "Well, I need one of those." Cool. It, it, it's just unbelievable the stuff that's out there. And uh, another thing too we've got is uh, 105 uh, bath, grab bar, shower seats, transfer, uh, sh- transfer shower seats as well. 39 toilet risers are in Versa frames. So it's it's just amazing. And uh, as I said, we've got. Uh, this thing here is about 550 pieces, but we've got an excess of 700 right now, and it's just just amazing. My goodness. And do you find that when, when people borrow them when they no longer need them, do they return them to you so that somebody else can use them? Yes, they do. So they bring them back, and we just recycle them, just keep on going till it falls apart. And uh, it's, it's, it's just just unbelievable the way this thing has gone. That's cool. Yeah. And how long has that been happening? <laughs> it, it, I've been so busy, I can't lose some time. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's got to be, i say, six to eight years that I've been doing it. Really? Yeah. Wow. You've um, accumulated a lot in oh, yeah. a reasonably yeah. short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. I even have uh, uh, got a phone call from a person here in Peterborough, uh, a couple of years ago, and he says, uh, we got a family member that passed away in Perry Sound, and uh, the chair has only been used, this is a power chair, it's only been used for two months. Wow. And he says, uh, can you use it? And they paid uh, $20,000 $20, for it. Oh, my goodness. And so anyway, uh, they turned around and says, uh, would you be interested in buying it? And I said, well, I'm sorry, I don't have a budget. Uh, I explained to him how this has all happened. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, people donate it, and we loan it out. So he hesitated for a bit, and uh, I guess his wife happened to be there, I guess. So all of a sudden he said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll donate it. Wow, wow cool. So anyway, uh, he said, well, I'll have to go and pick it up, so that's fine. So, But six, eight weeks later, he turned around and phoned me up, and he says, uh, do you know much about those? And I says, uh, well, yeah, I bet. Uh, I said, what's wrong? Well, I says, I brought it home, and I put it in the garage, and I plugged it in for two days, and there's no power. I said, well, I'd have to take a look at it. I think so. Uh, well, we're talking, uh, so he had uh, mentioned, he says, well, he says, when she passed away, they put it in the garage and sat there for 10 months. 
Oh. And I says, was it plugged in? She, he says, no. Uh-oh. And I says, well, I know what's wrong with it. The battery's gone. Those yeah. batteries are gel cells, and they have to be charged at all times type of thing. It's not like a car battery. So anyway, the batteries for it was uh, $500 for two batteries. Hmm. So he said, well, we'll buy the batteries for it. Wow. So he says, uh, can you come pick it up? And I said, okay, fine. So I went and picked it up. He came with me, went down to Peterborough Battery here on Water Street. And all he had was one in stock, and uh, they had to order another one. But while we were talking, I mentioned that what happens with these chairs if they're not charged. And I said, I've got a couple more the same way. So he said, do you have another one that's in good shape that all it needs are batteries? And I says, yeah. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll buy the batteries for it, too. Wow. Wow. So there's four batteries, you know, for in excess of uh, $1,000. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it just keeps on going and going and going. It's, it's just just amazing. Like, nobody can believe what uh, what's really going on with this stuff, you know. Like, such a demand for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what a community of support as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and some of our uh, Alliance members says, well, why don't you advertise? Why don't you rent? And I said, well, I'd rather not rent. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just uh, loan it out, and, uh, and and there's no liability or anything like this type of thing, you know. And uh, and I'd rather not uh, advertise the type of thing because you'll get, uh, like those power chairs, you'll get people that just want it for transportation versus yeah. uh, for need. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'd rather work with uh, occupational therapists, and they know what I have. They know what people need. And this way, there's there's no no uh, no problem at all. You know, it uh, it's a lot easier for me, and uh, and uh, and make sure it goes to the right place. Yeah, that's great. And so, uh, well, first of all, do, do you have now? You talked about a couple of pieces of equipment for um, people with uh, vision impairments. Do you have anything for people with hearing impairments? For hearing impairments, uh, uh, no, I really don't. No. No, no. It's, it's so. more of the handicap stuff. M- m- more more yeah. mobility. Yeah, it's just yeah. just by accident that I happen to get this uh, this visual part type of thing. And that's yeah. the only time I've ever seen that. You know, yeah. Well, um, the uh, CCB um, here in Peterborough Canadian Council of the Blind mm-hmm. is starting a, a similar program, and mm-hmm. we have to credit you for mm-hmm. for that idea because mm-hmm. um, uh, I know that you don't have room to store things like white canes and braille writers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, we got uh, that idea from you, and the East Peterborough Lions Club is, is storing them for us. So we appreciate that. So um, um, they can call you then if, if there's somebody that either has a piece of equipment that's um, uh, kicking around because uh, a family member or whoever has passed away or they need yeah, most certainly. Yeah, what you can do is, uh, I guess the best way to do it is, is phoning the line center because somebody is there all day. Oh yeah. And uh, as soon as there's, uh, if you phone down there, well, they will refer him to me. You give them my number, and because I'm in and out, like say for like yesterday alone, <laughs> I, I feel like a doctor. I had eight appointments yesterday afternoon wow. alone. Oh wow! So it's it's just unbelievable. So I mean, it's it's easier to phone the line center. And it's seven four zero two two eight eight, and they will refer to me type of thing, and uh, and we can go from there. So, 
I'm really curious about what things or what items are in high demand and if there's not enough of something or, or you know, is there something that's really needed that's not out there or? Well, the big need right now, and it, it's funny, it, it, it varies from, uh, from month to month type of thing. Right now I've got a shortage of, uh, of uh, a power, or pardon me, I'm sorry, not power, it's uh, uh, tub transfer chairs. It's one that you'd, uh, it sits, half of it sits inside the tub, half outside, and you sit down on it, and then you slide into the tub type of thing. And those are getting awful scarce right now. And I don't know if it's, uh, and even the regular bath chairs, like anybody's got uh, uh, knee operations like myself, i got two artificial knees, and to stand having a shower is it's, uh, it's too hard. So anyway, I just sit down and have a shower, so... Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you, if you go to have a bath in bathtub uh, with uh, artificial knees, it's kind of hard to get out of the, the tub, so it's easier to sit on that chair. Right? So, but you get stuff like that, and I have an awful lot of uh, crutches, and I just can't seem to get rid of them. And uh, uh, the hospital, they'd rather sell them than, uh, than to refer uh, for a used one. So, mm-hmm. sure so it's a word of mouth type of thing, and you know, people find out about it, and they'll, they do get a hold of me now and again. And, I do have quite a few uh, uh, canes as well, type of thing. So there you go. That's super. Yeah, great. That, that's great. Really, uh, I'm sure that there are many people in town who appreciate uh, what you do there, Ray. Yeah, and word of mouth. Here you go. Lots of yeah. lots of uh, people are hearing this. Hopefully, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is that this stuff is so expensive to buy. You know, like it's it's, it's just unbelievable. You know, like uh, it is. Like those power chairs, you're talking twenty thousand plus, you know. Like, yeah. Or that one I picked up in in Brampton, that was twenty eight thousand. They even give me the bills. Yeah. Wow. To uh, for warranty purposes, you know. So it's. Uh, and it's even expensive to rent. That, that oh yes, stuff. yes, and this is what happens too. Like some of these right. places. Sorry. Uh, it's uh, it's eleven o'clock at the moment, oh. so I'm just just letting you know. Alrighty, okay. Well, Ray, thank you very much for coming on the show. I, I wondered if we'd be able to squeeze three interviews in, but seven seven four zero two two eight eight is the uh, Lions Club um, Lions Center here in town. Yeah. And thank you, Ray. We really appreciate your coming. Oh, you're quite welcome. Sounds like a fantastic service. Yep. As you know, from time to time, we like to feature specific technical devices and uh, get people to demonstrate them uh, who have used them and know what they're all about. And uh, this time, we're going to talk about a device called eSight, and um, someone who has used that is Leslie Yee. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Devin. So tell me, what is eSight? So eSight is wearable technology where it's like a pair of goggles that go on in front of your prescription glasses. It's all built into the goggle, though. It's not like you have to wear your glasses and then put this over top of it. Okay. So your prescription is built into the goggle itself. And it's attached to a small battery and computer module that sits on your side in a bag and um, there's a cable that goes from the goggle to the device itself 
Okay. But it means you can get up and walk around and be able to look at things and uh, read things, get details of things. So it's designed for anybody with low vision who has lost their central vision. So due to macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, there's about 10 different, 12, 10, 12 different conditions that um, people can get that this device would work for. So my understanding of how it works is it takes what you see through your peripheral vision and then replaces the holes in your central vision so it completes the picture for you rather oh. than your brain trying to complete the picture. Okay. So um, you can put this on and be able to see a person's face again that you normally can't see mm -hmm. or read a book or read a recipe or do your bills or pay your bills. You can work on the computer screen or watch TV. You can even plug this this in directly to the TV, and the TV then is right in your goggle. Oh, cool. And the same with your computer. You can plug it into your computer through an HDMI, and it, you can see the computer screen right on your goggle as well. Wow. And movement of your head will help give you some movement around the screen. Ah, As okay. opposed to having to move your mouse all the time. Yeah. You still need both, but um, you can also move your head sideways same with the tv you can move your head left to right up and down to be able to see all parts of the screen when it's magnified because you know when things are magnified you see a smaller area of that object yeah right because you're making it bigger so in order to see a full tv screen if you need to go to um three or four times magnification you're going to lose the outside of the screen ah okay so what this does as you do that as you're focusing in on the center of the screen if you turn your head left It'll move you to the left part of the screen, the right part of the screen, up and down. Mm -hmm. So they've incorporated that. That's a great technology to have incorporated in yeah. there. Yeah. So um, a couple of things that it's not. It's not uh, useful for someone like me who has no vision. That's right. You have to have some vision. And, in fact, it works best for people uh, 20 over 800 would be iffy if it will yeah. even work for you uh, but roughly 20 to over 800 to 20 over uh, 60 I, I believe is what they kind of recommend okay um, so it's really works great for people with low vision where they don't maybe necessarily need a cane or a guide dog or anything but they definitely struggle with not having that central vision mm -hmm. but their peripheral vision could be good so they just need to be able to see faces and read things and read signs and mm -hmm. this definitely will do that for you yeah. uh, but it's not good for walking uh, mobility is it no you don't actually use the eSight to walk so the eSight flips up and down in front of your glasses so when you're walking you would flip it up so you, it's you can just move your eyes up to look through it but then you move your eyes down to look through your prescription glasses yeah. or underneath the goggle if you don't need prescription glasses uh -huh. and to, to walk because looking through the goggle everything is magnified so you might have it magnified to be able to read the sign at the end of the street so if it's magnified that high if you're walking you'll of course lo lose your step because everything would look closer than it really is yeah it would really mess up your depth perception exactly right? so yeah. you look through the bottom of the underneath the goggle i should say mm -hmm. through your prescription to do walking which is normally what you do anyways and we always use our peripheral vision to walk we don't use central vision to walk 
Now, so, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so your central vision, which is the center of your eye, and it's the smallest part of your eye, is really there for getting details. Okay. So it's your reading. It's um, to read the license plate of a car, right. for example, to read a book, see a face. So that's your central vision. Okay. And then walking around is the big picture stuff. Okay. So you use your peripheral vision in order to walk around. So that's why it's okay to walk without it. But to wear it when you're walking, it will allow you to walk down the street, look up and look through your goggle to read a sign, or read the bus that's coming towards you to find out what uh-huh. bus it is. So you can see that it's your bus that you want to catch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's right. Yeah. And what else will, will will it help you read? Well, um, yeah, so you can sit, if you love to read novels, you can still sit down on, a, on your couch or your comfy chair with your book in normal position, which is mm-hmm. on your lap. Right. And you just put the magnification where you need it, and it will help you read. So the other thing that this device will do for, is it changes the color like a CCTV machine does. Mm-hmm. So it will. you can read in normal, which is how you would normally see with all your colors, and, and it's fast. It's not like you're looking at a video. It actually feels like you're looking through glasses, ah. although you're not. You're really looking at a, a video. It, there's a small camera in the front that's recording everything, and it's so fast, it's it's almost like it's at the same speed. It's wow. the same time. Yeah. But it can now change... If you're reading or anything, you can change it to black on white, white on black, uh, yellow on blue, and uh, depending on how you see best. So if you need to read something and you just need to change it to black on white, you can adjust that, sit and read it in black on white. Now, if you were doing something like um, sewing or knitting, could you use it for that? Absolutely. So anything where you need to see that detail or Mm -hmm. look closely at something, definitely eSight will help you with that. Not that you can't do those things without sight, but if you're not used to doing them without sight, it's good to have the magnification to use what... Uh, residual vision you have. Yeah, in fact, you know, if you have lost your sight or are losing your sight a little bit later on, mm-hmm. and it's hard to sometimes learn new technologies or learn new way of doing things. So literally by wearing eSight, the only thing you have to get used to is learning to just manage between the goggle part and walking around looking underneath the goggle part. Right. So it's learning that, which is very minor compared to learning new technology. Using the device is very easy and very straightforward. Mm-hmm. So um, if you, yeah, so if you're older and you're losing your vision, you can wear eSight and carry on with your daily activities as if you hadn't lost your sight. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it replaces your central vision. It puts all the detail back in there for you. Uh, Would it help in the kitchen uh, with regard to measurement and stuff like that? Yes, because you can Mm -hmm. read your measuring cups, your spoons. You can look at open a drawer, look in it, and actually find things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rather than just feeling around for everything. Yeah, it it definitely helps in the kitchen. Reading your recipes. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I often use mine in the kitchen if I have to do something with a lot of reading. Yeah, then it's so much easier than trying to do a handheld magnifier because this is this is hands-free yeah Uh, there's a little case to carry the computer part in which i sling over my shoulder 
like cross chest, you know, yeah. over mm-hmm. the shoulder. I yeah. have the goggles on my head, so my hands are completely free. Uh-huh. So I can go about, do my daily routine, and have the goggles on, and uh, be able to read things and and pick things up and read them. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have to worry about it. And it's not a heavy device. No, it's just it, the whole thing together is really under a couple of pounds. Yeah. Now, the one I have is actually Generation 1, so it's one of the first model that hit the market because I've had mine for several years now. And since then, they're now at Generation 3, so the computer pack is about half the size of mine. Wow. So it's even lighter, and the goggle part is a lot smaller, so mm-hmm. they're getting them closer and closer. They don't look like sunglasses necessarily, but they're closer and closer to that size. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh-huh. they're much smaller and uh, more manageable as well that way, too. And pro- probably something we should mention is that they're made here in Canada. Yes, they were invented by a gentleman in, and I believe it's Montreal, mm-hmm. in the Montreal area, who's, he had two sisters who had Stargardt's. And he, I guess as, as an engineer, he always said, someday I'll invent something for you to help you see. Yeah. And uh, it took him 10 years to get it to the stage of the one I have. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, it's just done really well. And now they sell to, I can't even tell you how many countries around the world. Wow, that's super. Yeah, so they've, they've done really well. So it's come a long way in even a short time from when this first one was launched. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, before we talk about where to go to, to get something like this, um, is there anything else that it that it can do that we haven't talked about um no i think we've talked about everything that it can do i will say though that the new versions are even more clear and more crisp Ah. than this current one so it's like all technologies they get better and better so they're getting smaller and sleeker yeah crisper looking and uh, cleaner looking um, even faster, I think, in the video streaming of it. Right. Even though I think mine is super fast. It's yeah. Probably even faster. So it's uh, it, it's seamless. Right. A little bit more. Yeah. So it, I, I will mention that that uh, the newer ones are really good. Now, can you get this uh, eSight through the assistive devices program? No, unfortunately, you cannot. Mm-hmm. And I do know they've been advocating to try to get it through that program, but they haven't been able to yet. So it is something that you have to get out of your own pocket. Or a lot of people fundraise. They they do the GoFundMe page. Oh, yeah. And have raised money. And there's a lot of people out there raising money for people who need eSight. Perhaps a group or an organization in your area can help you raise money for it. Uh, It is an expensive device. It's um, up. And over ten thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, so it uh, you know it, it definitely does cost some funds. But like I said, you know if you um, if if you have low vision and you're just struggling, really struggling with losing that central vision, this is something that can really help you. Super. And where do you get it? So you can look up eSight online. It's small, small e, then S I G H T. 
What was it like a hyphen between the No, e? there's no hyphen. No? Oh, okay. No. All right. And um, if you just look up eSight, you'll see it very quickly. You can then call for an appointment. Of course, you would get an appointment to try it to make sure it works for you. It does not work for everybody. It depends on the disease that you might have yeah. or your eye condition but um, or the amount of uh, acuity that you do have. So, um, But you definitely would make an appointment. Um, and uh, try it out. And I know when I went for mine, I mean, I was able to take my time and, you know, try it out for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't just try somebody else's because my own prescription is built into it. Uh-huh. Uh, but they'll modify the, the demo one to suit your own prescription. Oh, that's good. And then allow you to try it out. Yeah. Now, did you have to go to Montreal or did they come to you? Um, when I went, I met somebody in Toronto. Okay. Um, whether they come, they might be able to come to you. Depends where you live. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. So, but making that phone call and setting up a, a time to uh, meet somebody is the best thing to do. All right. Okay. Is there anything else that we should be mentioning about it? Um, no, I think it, that pretty much covers everything. But yeah, right. it's, uh, you know, if if somebody thinks that um, the 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 neat thing about this is it can replace a lot of assistive devices, uh, other items. Yeah. yeah. So. It might be something that if, if somebody is in, at the beginning stages of losing their vision, they might want to look at doing something like an e-sign before they invest in any other items. Right. And see if it works for you. And it, it has so much magnification in it. It grows with you. Uh-huh. So if you start losing your vision and you over the next five years you're going to lose more vision, e-sight, you just increase magnification as you need it. Super. So it, yeah. it's not like it's, it's only going to work for a year and not work, mm-hmm. you know, unless something drastic happens to your eyesight. Right, right. Yes. But yeah. if it's just the normal prog- progression, then it's something that could last you for many, many years. So it's definitely worth looking into before you as one of your devices and yeah. it might be the device for you and you then you don't need any other devices right yeah. and um, it comes with its own rechargeable battery yes it does I just plug it in and mm-hmm. it, it charges it right in the, the case I never have to remove the battery or anything like Super. that eSight's also been very good with me with uh, and with most people that I've talked to for um, their aftercare service. Oh. So if I'm struggling, sometimes my e-site needs a tune-up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. um, what they do is they send me a temporary e-site. Oh. And uh, I just package all this up in that box and send it back to them. It's never costed me a cent. Wow. When they've, when they've done their tune-up, they've sent it back to me, and then I just send them back the again in that box and return it but they make all the arrangements so I've always had very been very well taken care of by the company for anything that they need afterwards good okay well thanks for coming to talk to us about eSight you're welcome thank you well that'll just about do it for this week for those of you who were waiting patiently for get together with Kim which is a segment that we usually do on the first Monday of the month. March kind of sneaked up on me, so we'll have that ready for you by next week. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to see you again next week. Until then, bye for now.